I don't know how much you've been browsing the internet, but did you happen to see that story of the supposed uh, government official who leaked to Congress that the United States has abducted UFOs and has bodies of aliens? Did you did you see this? No, I didn't see that. Actually, I haven't. I, I haven't seen. Okay. That. So, so basically, there's parts of the internet that are into UFOs and aliens and conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. They're they're kind of freaking out right now because they say that this is the big one that this has never happened before, where an actual government official is saying that we have UFOs and we have aliens, and mainstream media actually picked up on this one. And, you know, they're pointing to stuff like the United States government now has a space force. And about a year ago, the Pentagon acknowledged that they have all these videos of UFOs. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty about all that stuff, but I was just thinking about this from a church perspective. Let's just say that tomorrow President Biden or whoever comes out and is like, yep, the aliens are real, guys. You're just going to have to deal with it now. Or we know for a fact that there's life on other planets and it's not just a science fiction thing anymore. What do you think that does to the church, to faith formation, to us as church leaders? Does that change anything as far as you're concerned? Or where do you think that goes? I have written a tad bit about this and I'm not really qualified, even though, you know, those of you who are listening can't see this, but if you pick up our clips on, on Twitter or Facebook, you can see I'm wearing my, my uh, Charles Darwin t-shirt today that I got in Cambridge, um, Cambridge, England. And so, uh, yeah, I've written just a tad bit about this and I'll be honest, like if it, if it happens, um, which it very, very it may very well happen. Uh, it will shake me, man. It will definitely. I think it will. I think it will be weird, as uh, Paul Wallace has said, who helped us with a, a grant on uh, youth ministry and science. Said, "Listen, if there aren't aliens, with how big the universe is, and we know it, it's weird. If there are aliens, it's weird. Like there's no way out of the weirdness here. So that's to steal Paul's line. But it would shake me definitely. But that said." I don't think it would have to like fundamentally shame, change the Christian confession in any way. You know, this has happened before. I mean, people were, you know, pretty shocked when they discovered there was a new world, you know, and uh, and in many ways, uh, for good and for ill, Christianity raced to, to engage that that new world, you know. So there would be major questions about what does it mean to be made in the image of God. There'd be major questions about what it means um, – what an incarnation means, you know, like, uh, does the same salvation, salvation history seem to fit folks from a completely different, you know, galaxy? Uh, does, is it, is it the same narrative of the, of the Nazarene from, you know, from Galilee? Does that still, uh, have impact on, on their being or, or what occurs there? I think it could, cause you know, like in many ways it's just at a, at a, a larger, at a larger frame, you know what I mean? Like what does the, and maybe this is a reason to doubt all things, but what for folks, you know, in the new, in the supposed new world, we should always say the supposed new world. What, what in the world could a crucified, um, you know, Galilean have to do with their lives and say, you know, what we now would call Colombia or South America, you know? So we could, we could think the same thing the same thing really just on a larger on a, on a larger frame like in some sense it seems like you know 
the world is is just an utterly small place, that the earth is just a meaningless kind of piece of carbon in this huge universe. But this is a God of events, and this is a God of encounters, and this is a God that moves in time. And so it would have to happen in some place, the, the redemption of the world. So I guess there would be a question, though, like what does world actually mean theologically? You know, like have the aliens had a fall? Is there a fall narrative for them? You know, does, does that make sense? I don't know. So I, 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 all those things become really open. I do wonder, though, is if, if it did occur in some ways, even if we just found out there's maybe not intelligent life, but just life out there, like how does it just shift our imaginations theologically? You know, like I, I do think, you know, Columbus sails the ocean blue in what, 1492, right? If I have, this, have, have the song right. And then a reformation happens in 1517 or, you know, is building up to that. But there, I think there can be a, an argument made that the discovery of a very um, expanded universe, well, an expanded planet in, in, in that sense in the late 15th century, does open new ways of thinking about what it means to be human, of what it means to really wrestle with the, with the act and being of God. And, and I think maybe on a grander scale, though we're always prisoners of the moment, so maybe it isn't any grander than, than our ancestors in the faith. It, it would cause us to wrestle in, in deep ways. And I think in the same way that, you know, the supposed discoveries of the new world lead some to doubt and some to turn away and others to find very different ways and renewed ways of imagining the depth of the Christian faith. So what happen if, if aliens uh, were discovered? I, I, you know, part being part of those Templeton conversations, um, there are really good faith and science people, uh, and very ones more conservative than me, who really deeply hope that they discover that there are aliens. Like they are waiting for the the day. And part of it, of course, is it just blows out of the water the very far right like creationist narratives. You know, like they just those would not be able to stand up. To be completely honest, I mean, I'm sure they would find ways to try to redeem those narratives, but they would they would have to kind of come undone. So. I guess it's apropos that I'm wearing my my Darwin T-shirt today, um, as we as we talk about this, because it would, I mean, it doesn't necessarily it wouldn't necessarily prove, and we may actually discover a lot of holes in in Darwinian evolutionary theory if we were able to have intelligent conversations with folks from a very different kind of situation. But it it would it would wipe away completely any creationist story of like a literal seven days if there's aliens from other galaxies you know what i mean i think so unless i guess unless they're like oh no it was like seven 24-hour days but what would that even mean because 24 hours for us means you know the time that it takes this the the earth to revolve around the sun you know what i mean like uh uh yeah so um you know we're, we're i guess my point is that we're like embedded in even what we think is a day is on this planet so if you're all of a sudden off this planet i do think you know like even, even, this is not what probably people <laughs> listen to this podcast for, like us, us uh, thinking about these cosmological issues. But I do really wonder, like as we even think of manned missions to Mars, like what will happen to the human being and the human psyche, but just the, like the material human body off this planet off the rhythms of this planet. Like the farthest we've gotten is to the moon and not for very long. You know what I mean? Like, and I know this is part of what we're doing with a teacher 
deep in deep in the ocean, you know, right now, like it's to see what happens to the body and and there's you know there's obviously people who spent long amounts of time in space in, in space uh in in, in uh, um you know in what am i thinking of space i wanted to say space houses what do i mean in space stations we, we, yeah yeah humans who have spent long amounts of time in space stations but we've never really we've never landed on a planet that has its own revolution around um the sun its own experience of the length of a day and a year, you know, like years and days are incredibly are are linked, are relative to the planet you're on. So there's just a lot of really interesting hermeneutical experiences. So I, I do think it would have a way in a Heideggerian sense of of uh, making us feel even more thrown into the world. Like it, it would do something to our design uh because Dasein is connected to, to time and space in, in, in many ways. And, and now for that to be relativized, which we know from Einstein in some sense that it already is relativized, but to actually have conscious, sentient beings who have a very different experience um, of time and space. It, w- it will be fascinating. I mean, my favorite movie, of course, is, uh, is Arrival, where you know it just is a, even a struggle to to think about how you would communicate, how you would talk. I mean, I think we usually have these dramas of kind of like you know, they're coming to to harvest to harvest us for food or to take over our planet or something. And maybe that would be the case. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe they are here. Maybe there are are tons of sentient beings out there. But I also just kind of feel like again back to my Darwin shirt that. It, it, there is a a kind of uh, evolutionary kind of sense of impossibility here, you know. Like you would have to, you're gonna have to have another civilization somewhere in the in the galaxy that's at a similar place in their evolutionary history, and in some sense beyond us, that is going to have to have the moral vision that they want to expand and go. I I, I don't think that's I don't think that has to be presumed, you know, that there is some sense of discovery or some mechanism that moves them out to do this. And then there are evolutionary realities have to match up. I mean, we know that our sun is not going to exist forever. Our galaxy is not going to exist forever. And we know that there, for most of the time that this planet has existed, I mean, life, let alone like kind of like mammal life has been so very short let alone like human consciousness is just i mean it's you know it's the whole uh the whole kind of evolutionary clock the whole the whole time of earth in you know in one clock and you know like we're we're just a second of time so that's got to line up with another yeah if the mechanism is evolutionary it's got to line up with another uh group of people who have evolved to have the same kind of consciousness and you know like we can say from evolutionary theory that there's there was no reason i mean it actually is when you extract any kind of conversation about any divine force it's it's an odd thing that we have the kind of consciousness we do like that the evolutionary that the evolutionary winning um kind of uh, uh, a strategy for human beings was to have these oversized brains that can think about thinking you know what i mean like that's probably not the greatest way to keep our species going maybe i mean it's worked out pretty well for us but it's probably you know is leading us to potentially create our own extinction plan too with the the with you know the the creations that lead to the polluting of the of the the earth and things like that and the ecological crisis so 
again, there's a lot of things that have to line up, but maybe there's just so many society, you know, societies and, and well, so many planets out there where there's societies, uh, and, uh, intellectual life out there that's, uh, sentient like us and maybe even beyond us that it's, it's just a matter of, a matter of time. Um, but I don't know who knows. Um, but you know, conspiracy theories are fun right now. And, uh, maybe, you know, this is a legit conspiracy theory that, uh, that uh, the aliens are here. The thing that hangs me up when I think about this theologically is the particularity of the incarnation. Like Jesus was Jesus of Nazareth. So when you discover the new world, yeah, you discover new people, but at the end of the day, they're still the same species. Like they're people. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a theological conundrum for me, and and I hope the aliens are real and that they're out there and they they are good to us. But, I mean, would you say like Jesus of Nazareth died for the Wookies too, or is that just like a species centric kind of thing in our own human ego that just gets blown apart? You know, like like that's the that's the struggle for me is how do you reimagine Christianity this this very particular religion in that broader scope with different species of sentient beings. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would, it would come down to the theological, the the theological anthropological question of what, you know, what, I guess what constitutes human in this sake, in this case, we'd have to say like what constitutes being made in the image of God, maybe, you know what I mean? So could an alien be made in the image of God is the question. Like that will be probably one of the first questions we have to, we have to wrestle with, you know? So, um, yeah. But then I mean, why would we say, well, we're the we're, Earth is the lucky planet that had God visit it and not Kashyyyk, the Wookiee planet? You know, like yeah, where do well, you go with that? Yeah, I mean, this th- these are huge questions, right? And um, yeah, I mean, in in certain senses, like it feels incredibly chauvinistic to say that, but that that's all. Uh, and, and many people would point out to that, like, that was the impetus of the colonialism is to assume, like, that European people had the had the truth, you know. Um, even though European people at that time would have pointed to the fact that this came from, you know, Israel. This came from, came from the Middle East. But, yeah, even there, it's like this little teeny land bridge here between usually throughout its history through these great empires becomes the place where this, this little thing happens. I mean, I think there would be, in a, some sense of the absurdity of it is what rests in truth. The absurdity of it now is similar. You know, like this is – Jesus is not the, the emperor of Rome. You know, Jesus is not a great pharaoh. Jesus is just – just a dude, just a teacher that, you know, that embodies this reality. And so, um, yeah, this, I mean, the, the, I, I guess, I mean, others, again, this is not my expertise area, but I think others, um, I think others would say that the theological problems are no different. They're just maybe radicalized and nuanced in a different way. That the particularity is still an issue of particularity, whether these people are, you know, um, you know, from, uh, indigenous folks from India or indigenous folks from the Americas or whether they're from planet Gugu Titi, you know, and I or whatever, you know, like these, these are these issues of particularity and, um, and what it even really means to be made in the image of God. And therefore, 
to, you know, have the claims of the incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection make a claim on your being, um, those those questions still remain. Like, why why should some Aztec, you know, care about <laughs> what happened in Israel? You know what I mean? Like, and, and legitimately, like, an, an Aztec or an Inca or whatever were, were, were no less um, sophisticated than even those, uh, those, those kingdoms around the Mediterranean, you know, um, maybe in different ways, but no less sophisticated or, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it would really be kind of fascinating to think about, uh, yeah, it it will be weird. Let's just leave it at that. It will be very, very weird, but we have lost a little bit of the sense of the Christian confession is weird in itself because it does make this claim that, even now, I mean, how how much more alien are we from the people who hear Jesus give his parables? Like, we are quite alien compared to that. You know, like, if if we were to appear through a dimension into that world, we would absolutely be seen as absolute aliens, you know. And I think some people, part of the kind of new atheist critique is like, do that, go through that window, and then it's really easy to realize these people don't know anything. You know what I mean? And and I think that that becomes a very chauvinist perspective and that there's still something that, that reaches for us and, and, and uh, yeah, and that speaks to us across time and space that way. So um, I don't know. I mean, it, I think one of the things you're getting at, though, is like the way we just even perceive perceive otherness, you know, like, but maybe that's been, that's a kind of hermeneutical reality too because I think you read some of these these explorers and encounters say with people with with uh, indigenous people in the Caribbean and they have a hard time knowing if if they're really human at another level there's a deep sense um, and Tom Holland does this in his his three-part uh, series on on um, on Columbus where he points out that Columbus is justified in his absolute mistreatment of uh, people in the Caribbeans because of his Christian imagination. And we're also shocked by that because of our Christian imagination. And that Queen Isabel was very clear to him that he had to treat all these people he, he needed as brothers and sisters in Christ and never be taken into slavery or maltreated. Um, and of course, he doesn't hold up that bargain. But he thinks that he's going to um, kind of bring forth the the the, the kingdom he has a certain theological imagination in in his in his mind so i don't know i think a huge piece probably will be for us like if we're the ones who discover or were encountered that will be different you know what i mean because at least the the kind of forms of christianity that have come and come after the european colonialism have been ones where we went and and we colonized we were not those who are encountered so it will also force us to in a really beautiful way have to think about those groups um across the world who had who had been encountered by others and how they made sense of that encounter that will those will be very 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 profound interreligious dialogues let's just put it that way you know
So actually, that's kind of my take on it. If we're going to get into conspiracy theories here, there's there's a theory out there where on this planet, there are certain indigenous tribes, like in the Amazon, where people know that they exist, but they basically are left alone and, and they have a very, very different lifestyle than the modern lifestyle and the international laws and stuff are just like you leave those folks alone and just let them live in the Amazon or wherever they are. I almost wonder if that's what Earth is like in the intergalactic sphere, that we're this planet that other species and other you know civilizations know about, but we're not far enough out there. We don't have warp drive yet or we don't know quantum mechanics like we should or whatever. So they're just like letting us alone. And every once in a while, they'll send like a probe or a scouting mission or something just to check up on us and see how we're doing. But uh, we're like the, the, the primitive culture in, in the bigger picture of the universe and stuff. But that's, yeah, that'll totally be a uh, table turner for our understanding of who we are. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, maybe, but this is this is what is fascinating about how time functions. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, maybe there were really, really, you know, sophisticated uh, other civilizations that were looking in on us, but they've all died out. Or what presumes that they care? You know what I mean? Like, what what's within their kind of imagination um, and within their history? I, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a really fascinating question. Um, I, I think one of the things that will go back to the incarnation is um, that we would have to presume that whoever visits us will be embodied in some way, you know, like unless they're so sophisticated that they've already downloaded their consciousness onto like computers and then it becomes computers that that encounter. But they'd that, still even then they'd still have a body though. There would be a physical form, right? Yeah, but I I think that it wouldn't be kind of embodied. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't have like an organic kind of sense to it. I don't know. I mean these open all sorts of really interesting questions, you know? So yeah, like what if a what if a whole civilization has died out and yet they got to this point of having really sophisticated robots and um yeah certain self replicate and keep making Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so that, then yeah. what actually visits us is it makes it to us is not it's just it's it's just the shadow of the civilization that used to be that now comes it's the ghost of the civilization that yeah. has now died, but yeah. but is yeah. manifest to us in some kind of intelligent kind of computation kind of reality. You know what I mean? Like those would open up. I mean, there's all sorts of things that could open up huge challenges. You know, I don't know. It'll be wild, and I I kind of think we're gonna figure it out in our lifetime. I I got a hunch. Yeah, I'm betting against it, but you know, we we both are could be completely wrong. Well, time will tell. It'll be weird, to, to quote Paul Wallace again, it will be weird. When Church Stops Working, featuring Dr. Andy Root, is produced by me, Derek Tronsgaard, with special thanks to our sponsor, Baker Publishing. You can get Andy's brand new book called When Church Stops Working on Amazon or wherever else you get your books. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time for another round of When Church Stops Working.